For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to a special episode of the Win Daily Sports Show. My name is Michael Brazil. I got my man Joel Shrek with me here at Draft Master Flex. And we we need to congratulate Joel, guys, because this guy, a goddamn legend, takes down first and second place in a PGA DFS showdown on DraftKings, bringing home another 70K. Not a bad day at all. Joel, how, how's your Monday so far? It's snowy up here in the Northeast, but your bank account's a little bit bigger. Yeah, Monday is always good after a big takedown. You know, you're always in a in a better mood after the big win, and it was it was an exciting uh, Sunday showdown for me. You know, sometimes when you play and you know you win, it's you can kind of tell early on you're going to win, and so it's like, all right, you know, I'm in good shape. This one, I was I was sweating out for a while, so I needed some things at the end to kind of come through. That happened, so it was like, uh, you know, I was very I was rooting for things like it was like the fourth quarter of a game, which which made it a little extra fun. That is awesome. And and I know if I'm not mistaken, it was Saturday when Patrick Reed stepped on his ball. Or was that, that Sunday? Was, that was Saturday. It was um, Saturday. So that wouldn't have mattered, but that would have been the perfect Joel Shrek special if that penalty does come through in some way, shape, or form. As I, 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 I've already gotten penalized. I've yeah. had my punishment. I can't that can't happen to me twice. That's impossible. No, like, no, 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 no. You, it's you've not gonna happen. Your you've yes. paid your hundred thousand dollar dues. <laughs> we don't need you to do that anymore. But no, in all sincerity, man, congratulations. This is so much fun. It's incredible to watch you do what you do. Obviously, you and I do the Tuesday night show with Sia and we pick winning bets. I mean, we had first round leader again this week with Ryan Palmer. Granted, it's two courses and made it a little bit easier, but we've still been hitting them. You guys have been making great calls. But this is specifically, I want to talk a little bit about the showdown because you are just the PGA. Well, I, want to, I want to defend Sia's pick. Sia picked Ryan Palmer, and it was an amazing pick. And yeah. let's, I'm not going to, I don't think it's fair to say it's a little bit easier because of two courses because it is still so hard to yes. pick these guys. And it's so it it's a big field. So it is really impressive to be able to pick Amen. a first round leader, regardless of how many courses. Three bets the last two weeks. Sia has picked two first round leaders and an outright. I don't care if you, if you do that over four courses. I don't care. You're probably not going to see that anywhere. So of course I'm cool with it. And all my buddies are cool with it because I keep winning money. So don't worry. I'm, it is, it is incredible what that man is capable of doing in terms of the outright and the, uh, the, the betting market. But I also want to say we're walking, we're currently working on a golf model now and that golf model, we're not releasing anything to the public because we're really tweaking a lot of stuff, but that model had Patrick Reed winning. So we've we've got a lot of golf bets and we've getting them really right, which is kind of sweet. So you're going to see a lot more PGA, especially with only, NFL or NFL ending and it's just going to be basketball and PGA moving forward so we're very excited for that but again I want to talk to you more so about the showdown slate because you are just the king of this that's what caught our attention that's what brought us here it was the John Rom penalty we've talked about it we don't need to bring it up you have already a little too much PTSD from it but I am curious why why are you so good at showdowns what is it what are some of the things you pay attention to that set that allows you to figure out what you're looking for on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to ultimately put yourself in these positions. 
So I want to touch on two things with that. The first one's a secondary. I don't think this is why I'm so good at it, but I do think it's a factor. Um, you know, I play all I play NFL, NBA, and golf. Um, as I've told you guys, and everyone who listens to the podcast knows, I'm not a good golf fan. I, I this is something I fell into during the pandemic, and I became really good. Obviously, I love it now, but this was not something like I had pre biases of golfers. Like I wasn't super into golf prior. What actually I am with NBA and NFL, and you know, you, it's hard to shake your natural biases with people you root for. With golf, I don't have that. There's nothing that I don't have these natural bias to certain guys. Like, of course, there's some guys that I've won money on that I tend to, you know, lean towards sometimes. Um, but for the most part, you know, I'm pretty able to be pretty like neutral on like, hey, if if the numbers are telling me to play this golfer, I'm playing this golfer, and that's you know that's really helpful. Obviously, because it's working in golf, and uh, and I do have a formula that, that seems to be working, and it's it's pretty simple, and, and I'm happy to share it with everyone. It, it really does work, and I've kind of told my friends, I'm like, if you guys want to try this, it's really working really well. You guys should really got to pick it up. Um, it's not all that complex. It's not like oh, like I don't. Like when I started in GBS, I looked at a lot of the data. I'm like, I can't track all that data. I'm never going to figure out. It's really way simpler than what you're thinking it is. All I do is when you look at Showdown, they do give you live tournament stats. So the reason that's important is um, I'm looking at these stats based on how they're playing on the course this week, not how they've been playing weeks prior on the course this week. That's why it's a little better data than like, hey, last week you played well, but that's on a different course, right? So you might not play that way here. Um and the, the thought is, and it is pretty simple, putting is usually not, you know, consistent, right? You're not going to be the consistently the best putter. There's guys that are better than others. Hard to predict that day to day. Iron play and, you know, drivers is is more cons- con- mm-hmm. a tellable stat of how you're going to be playing, right? If a guy is really hot with their irons, it is likely they will continue that over the course of the week. So my model is let's find the guys who have the best iron play and off the tee play hammer them in, and I almost target bad putting, right? Because my thought is you're not going to be terrible putting all week. It'll probably average out. So, like, if you're in negative putting, that's a good thing for me. Let me target the bad putters because they'll likely even out over the course of the week. So, for showdown, it's a great target, right? Let me just call the guys that didn't putt well today because if you're hitting your driver well, if you're hitting your irons well and you didn't putt well, all you need to do is putt well tomorrow, and there you go. You're going to be in my lap. That's literally what I do. It's pretty much it. I just find those guys that are killing it. And so, you know, for me, it's it's a it's not just taking the statistics. It's also like I put just as much weight into the type of tournaments you play and how you play them. That's super critical, right? So you know, not everyone has the same bankroll. Not everyone can play the same tournament. So be smart, right? Don't put if you only have the bankroll to play ten lineups. Don't put it in the biggest tournament because you're going to go against me, who has way more lineups, and you're just going to ha- get crushed because I'm just going to have more exposure, right? I can play in these tournaments because I'm putting the bankroll in and I have the exposures to get the right lineups in. If that's not your budget, that's fine. Just play smartly, right? So find a smaller tournament where you can invest your 20 lineups and then do it that way. And then make sure you're, you're putting yourself in a position to win. I love it. And I think that's very important. And there's so many people that come in and, and we're all looking for that single bullet. Then you put it in the Millie maker and right. Like you, those dreams, man, those, those dreams are so like, what if I, but I can do it. And it's technically a possibility. We've seen it happen in the past, but we're here to give you plus EV. We're trying to get you in the best possibility. You have to manage your bankroll correctly. Be in these correct tournaments. If you don't have a bankroll like Joel's, most people don't. Shout out Joel. He deserves it. He earned it. He did a lot to get there. Play in smaller tournaments. Play in three maxes. Don't play in 20 maxes or 150 maxes. Play in smaller tournaments. Play in single entry. So I guess from your perspective on showdowns, how would you... Where would you suggest some people that maybe just started playing PGA DFS or have just started to look into the showdown side of it? How would you suggest they start to look at some of these things? And 
what days of the week do you try and target the most? I think that's another important question. Yeah. So I, I don't play every day. Um, uh, I don't play Friday, uh, Thursday and Friday because there's before the cut, the field's too big. Mm-hmm. And from a showdown perspective, one, I don't have that data yet that we were talking about because I need that them to play the first two days to get that. And then two, um, you know, typically with showdown, I'm, I'm realistic about it, right? It's impossible to think I'm going to take this full field and I'm going to be able to just pick the best six golfer. If I could do that, I'd be a lot richer than I am, right? That's not really possible, but I can narrow it down. Like I can maybe get a field of 25, 30 and I, I, I'm, I'm betting I can get the best six golfers into my 25 or 30. That's what I'm betting. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to build a lot of lineups with those 25 or 30 mixed and matched with guys I like at different exposures. And if I'm right, if I can get the six the best six golfers in that field, then I can win. And that, so that's my thought process. Uh, but if you're not going to play that way, or if you're not going to put in a lot of lineups and now we're a field of 24, 30, that's okay. But play your 10 lineups and put it in a single entry, three max, whatever, so that you're competing with people in a similar playing field. Exactly. And I think, again, that part is very important. But, I mean, I just got to ask, man, what is it like – when you have two lineups that are crushing it, when it's you facing yourself for first place, again, you took down 50K, your second place lineup, took another 20K home. I'm sure you had a couple other lineups cash within that tournament. I mean, how how fun is that, seeing that you have two shots at that top spot and it just, has, just so happens that you finish one, two in that tournament? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously... Sorry to brag, but I think the final number, I think I had seven lineups in the top 50. So it was just a day where like last night, I remember the night before I actually had some family over, kids were playing and I was up late just doing like my showdown lineups. I remember when I was doing it, I was just thinking, I'm feeling really good about this build. Like I was like, I had a feeling I was going to win money. I, some days I'm doing it. I'm like, you know, I'm not sure. I'm second guessing myself. No, not Saturday night. Saturday night, I was like, no, this is going to win. And not only that, like usually I, I super am like up to the last minute making edits, doing this and that. So I didn't even touch it Sunday morning. I left it, didn't make one edit, which I never do. So like you knew I was going into that. I was like, I felt good. Like I was ready to rock. So um, there was there was a feeling that like the, what it was was looking at the data, looking at the approach, the drive. It was it kind of was clear like the guys who I would normally target, the numbers were just popping. It was like these are clearly the guys I would target. Where sometimes it's like – you know, that's kind of questionable. This guy looks like he'll be a good play, but it's hard to tell. It was like pretty clear for me on um, this week that like these were my this was my pool, and it was really narrowed down. And so um, I was just yeah, I was feeling really good about it. Now, yeah. if you if you don't mind, I'm going to tell a quick story. Please, um, I love your stories; they're the best. Because because we were talking about like how I got here and like what I obviously didn't always play like this, right? I, I'm I built a bankroll. I'm able to play a little differently than I did when I started. I've been playing DFS for over 10 years like from when they started i've been obsessed with it this is like my thing before dfs started like my friends make fun of me because i used to play like madden and 2k or like the nba games just draft the players and not play the game i would just draft lineups and then not even play i just like to build teams so like my friends like why do you not why don't you ever play the game i was like i just like building teams. So like this is a thing for me i just love doing it so i've been playing forever and i was really good but like I was doing what I'm telling everyone not to do. I was playing in the big tournaments with three, five lineups, whatever, not mm-hmm. enough to actually make a splash. And I was getting really close. I'd, I'd be like, you know, I'm in 50th place. I'm one player away. And I would, you know, make 20 bucks or whatever it was and nothing like significant. And I kept thinking like, you know, if I, I know some of the other guys are really putting in like 100 lineups. I know people do it. If I had the bankroll or the balls to do it, I would. I think I could be making this much money. I just don't have the money or the balls to do it. So therefore, I'm just kind of stuck in this grind. And finally, after 10 years, one of my stupid three or five lineups in a tournament hits for huge for 100K. And then how I had the bankroll and then everything changed. And then I am consistently kind of being able to, to win a lot more. But 
Um, I, well, you know, listen, it took me 10 years. I finally hit one big and now I'm able to do it more consistently and, and it's working for me, but, um, I wasn't winning when I was just putting in three or five lines. It's impossible to win that way. Exactly. Exactly. And make sure get in windailysports.com backslash chat. Ask us, tell us what the entry, what you're getting into, because I know the golf guys, Joel, Sia, Patrick, Sicily kid, they are there to help you figure out what makes the most sense. Cause a three max tournament lineup is different than 150 is different than a single entry is different than a 20 max. Ask these guys. That is literally what they're here for. And I just want to, I want to just, may I correct your story? Just a simple one quick correction. You didn't have the bankroll, but God damn it, Joel, you had the balls. You had the ball. <laughs> you just didn't have the bankroll. And we understand that. Um, so the last question, especially again, when it comes down to these showdown lineups, I love how you said, hey, I'm not playing those first two days. A, you need the data. B, the tournament field is too big. When you do get to Saturdays and Sundays, how big on a normal night, just any random tournament, how big is your player pool usually? And how often, because again, looking at these two lineups, there's only two differences, but there's first and second. I see Tony Finau, Patrick Reed, France, uh, Francisco Molinari, what's up, and Luke List in all of these lineups here. What what are those were those four like you're just absolute smash hammer locks? Like how do you normally go about building these lineups? And what does your player pool, I guess, how many players do you normally have in it? Obviously subjective though. That's a good question. It does vary week to uh, tournament to tournament. And so it's definitely not like I want to do the exact same formula because like I said, I have a different feel each week. So like this week I had a really good feel. I had my pool it, it's hard to like you know, I do have a bunch of like one off, like I'll have one or two guys in the laps. I don't really count them in my pool. They're just going to one offs that happen to make the end of the roster. The core of more than I would say 10, 10 lineups or more, about 25 guys this week. Mm-hmm. That's smaller than normal because um, I had a good field. I was able to narrow down to the guys I was targeting. On a week where I'm like still unsure and I have a broader field, it's probably around 40 golfers. Okay. And usually what? It cuts like 50 to 60? Uh, 70, 75 is like the number, but like they obviously can't get it exact. So whatever the yeah. number is, I think below 75 is what they go with. Yeah. So you give, you're, you're, you're kind of cutting off about half the field. And I know one thing you always like to do too, or at least you've told me you like to do it. And I don't want to put words in your mouth. You always kind of, as you said, you target people who kind of have put bad previously. You also just like to target people who did bad the day before because the opportunity, again, they made the cut. There's a good chance that they're going to bounce back in some capacity, right? Yeah, there's a lot of like, I have some weird thought process with fantasy. Obviously, it's been working out for me, and I'll I'll, 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 work, I'll walk I'll walk you through some of them right now. Like Please. some of the some of the things I think about when, when going into it is that is one of them, right? Like if there's a good golfer in the in the pool in the field that had a not so great day the day before, odds are a lot of people are fitting. I'm like, listen, this is still a top tier golfer, especially if DK uh, adjusts the price. Someone to go back to, right? Put him in your pool. The main reason to go back to him is because they're going to be so low owned. I'm like, if you're just getting above average golfer at a low ownership. That's an advantage in a tournament, right? So, you know, thinking about that, I know I'm playing tournaments. That's the type of advantage I want. If I was playing cash, that wouldn't be a good idea. But yeah. in a tournament, it is, right? So the style of play is important. So, like, a lot of times, you know, shout out to the to the Discord guys that we chat with all the time. But a lot of times, I know you guys are asking me, like, you know, how come you didn't give me that exact line? But I'm like, listen, you're not playing the same tournament. So me giving you advice on, on this lineup wouldn't make sense because I know you're not playing the same way I am. So... I know I'm taking I'm taking calculated risks for myself intentionally because I know these risks could pay off in a tournament. But if you're not playing this the max tournament, th- that risk doesn't make sense for you. So that's why there's a little differences on how I'm playing versus how I might recommend golfers and things like that. 
Yeah, and you give us your core pretty much every Saturday and Sunday. If you're in Discord, it's like 1230 in the morning. So, you know, you got to be up late. You got to be paying attention. But Joel will come in and say, hey, guys, these are some of the golfers that I'm paying attention to. Obviously, we're not going to give you a full lineup. Obviously, if you just try and plug in those 6 to 10 to 12 golfers, the lineup's not going to make sense because of the pricing. But at the same time, you're giving us a significant amount of your core already. You're doing the research and you're finding that out. And you're, you're trying to help the guys. And that's why we love Joel. That's why you don't need to do this. You do it because you love it. And we love you. And we appreciate you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I listen, obviously playing DFS is a ton of fun, right? Like couldn't have more fun to do it. I love chopping it up, talking it with people. I, I want to break it down. But, you know, when you really want to start like playing seriously, you really have to like, it's not, hey, I'm bored today. Let me turn on and put a lineup into golf. Like you can do that. Don't plan to make money doing that, right? Like, if you really want to do this, like, to make money, like, it's a lot more. Like, let me break down what I can afford to play in, how many lives I can afford to put in here, how I'm going to play. If I'm playing, you know, a, a, a head-to-head cash games, there's a different field of players I want to target than I am if I'm playing big tournaments. So, like, all that stuff is really important every day that you're playing because that's how you're going to make a difference between your lineup and beating big, large fields. And that's how you do it, people. That's all it takes. You have the balls. You just need the bankroll. Just hit one of these big ones and you'll be able to be Joel one day. But no, Joel, sincerely, we appreciate you. Everybody, if you're listening to this podcast every single Tuesdays, 8 o'clock, see a Joel and myself. We have our PGA live stream where we break it down. We give you all the DFS plays for the week. And we give you all some fun outright and first round leader bets. We're going to have some matchup bets coming soon a little bit too. So get excited. A lot more golf betting, a lot more golf DFS. Because it's just golf and NBA now, folks. And uh, Joel's good at both of them. So we always appreciate that. You know, I just thought of something. If you don't mind me adding one more tip to the end of, to end of the show here. The other thing I, I was because I'm just thinking about some of the things some of the subscribers asked me. And I did make a big recommendation for Sam Ryder. And if you notice, Sam Ryder isn't one of my winning laps. He was he's probably the worst golfer in the lineup. Um, he wasn't like he didn't pan out as big of a recommendation as I made him. But one thing I always subscribe to, especially in tournaments, like I was really high on him. He actually was the highest owned player I had. But I didn't lock him in because I don't like to lock people in for that reason, right? I could miss. I obviously was really good on the rest of my player pool. So if I locked him in, it would have ruined probably. I might not have. I mean, I guess one of my lives won. So maybe I still would have won. But the point is, I still could have won without him because I had so many good other players. So I know one of the subscribers earlier this week was asking me, you know, he had Ryder. And he was only playing three lineups, but he had him locked into all three. And I told him, I love Ryder. Don't play him in every lineup you're playing because he's just not a good enough golfer to go all in on in this type of a tournament. So it's those type of things. Right? He was my favorite play, but I still wanted to make sure that I had enough exposure where if it didn't pan out, that there, I could still win money doing other things. So I did that with a lot of guys. Right? I had a ton of Luke List this week. Luke List is like not the greatest golfer, so I didn't want to go overboard. But like I just liked him. He worked out. So like, there's a guy. I'm sure I'm, I'm not thinking of the top of my head because who wants to remember the guys that didn't do well? But I'm sure there's guys who I was on that didn't do well, right? But because I didn't go overboard on it, right? It saved me. And as long as the, my core of my pool was good enough, that I even had winning lineups being built throughout that. You have to understand people again. If you're in a three max, it's different than a twenty max than a hundred fifty max. You have to pay attention to that and that is what our man Joel is for. Joel, where can everyone find you on the internet in case they want to see some of your escapades? At, <laughs> at DraftmasterFlex, uh, Twitter, Instagram. I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place, and I'm, I'm trying to uh, start. I'm starting to put most more, more plays on Twitter, so if you want to find some things, some additional data, not just in the Discord that I'm posting every every before every tournament, but I'll post some things there so you can find as much information as possible. Check him out out and then buy him some Popeyes when he wins you a tournament. You can find me at Michael Raziel one. You can find us at Wind Daily Sports one more time. WindDailySports.com backslash chat. Seven free days in the expert discord chat for Joel, for myself. 
win some money in PGA with us, guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.